presented by the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Hey, it is our time to shine. We're going into our season. This is Minda. And this is Jenna. And we're Dead Girls Talking. And I'm talking about October, September, all the fall. It's our favorite time. It's really like content central for us. We are just drowning in it because I just feel like we have so much to offer. This is us right now. Oh, yeah. Grab that pumpkin spice latte or whatever it is you and do snort it. settle in. Grab that and snort it because, girl, we're going all the way. We are so lucky tonight. We are talking to a very special lady. We are really excited to bring on Nikki Chester. She is an Appalachian healer and business owner. Um, I think I've just made up the word apothecarian. I don't think that that's <laughs> accurate, but I'm going to say it with authority. You are an apothecarian. Nikki's legit, too. Nikki, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Super so good. excited to talk to you. It's in, you know, last night was the super blue moon. Like oh, yeah. Happy moon. as a white girl in fall. Got to tell you. Yes. Amen. Yes. <laughs> so for the for the dudes that are listening that don't do all this stuff, for the dudes who are listening for when we talk about murder, this mm. is not one of those. But we're going to explain the super blue moon was a very huge cosmic event for those of us in the know. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't really see it. It was um, inclement we weather. Yeah, still there. You can still feel that energy moving for sure. So Nikki, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I grew up here like, when did in you start business? Okay. okay, so I grew I started my business oh gosh, about seven, almost eight years ago now, actually, now that I think about it. Almost mm-hmm. eight years ago I started this business. And I started it, and y'all are going to laugh at me. Um, I started it because my husband said he wasn't buying any more cat food. <laughs> oh, yeah, because okay. you have a little, we got a couple cat ladies on the show tonight. Jenna, you've yeah. adopted a second guy. Nikki, you clock in at how many cats? I have 10 now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jenna. Jenna, you got rookie numbers going yeah. on. I know. I just added the second one. We're, yeah, what a coven we've got going on. I, I just added the 10th one about a week and a half ago. He was the bottle fed baby from the psycho cat that kidnapped him. Um, but we just, we just added him to the, to the clouder. I mean, you know, I have 32 acres and mm-hmm. I do a lot of um, animal rescue with mercy animal rescue here in town. And so um, my business was basically started because I wanted to fund my passion for animal rescue but feeding cats, as you well know, gets expensive. It, it gets expensive quick, um, especially since my cats are spoiled and they eat wet food like twice a day and, you know, free fed throughout the day. So it, it just it gets expensive. And I needed some extra income for that. I wanted to fuel my passion with my gift, I guess you could say. So when See, you say your gift, we're talking about the healing aspect of Appalachian yeah. healers. Jenna said, yeah. okay. So you did you start making cat food or was this a business to fund the cat food? Yeah, it was it was a business to fund oh. my cat food habit. Okay. Although I will say that like making cat food I have done in the past too. Um chicken, pumpkin, some rice, some peas, you know, you just kind of throw it all together and mash it up after you've cooked it. Um but that's expensive too. So either way you look at it. Those are lucky cats. <laughs> Those are lucky cats. I, I try. They're you know, they're my babies. <laughs> So here we're funding the cat food empire um, and you are leaning into your, your knowledge of Appalachian healing. So where did you get that knowledge? So 
my great, great, great grandfather, his name was Luther. Um, he came here from Scotland. Well, displaced Irish from Scotland and then also German descent. So a little bit of everything, but he came here with his wife and they actually spent their very first winter in a cave here in Tom's Creek in McDowell County. That is love. Um, and so after the first winter, they actually have, and I can go to the original home site, the original homestead that they have. The um, I haven't found the cave yet. I have a lead. I am, I'm still hiking Tom's Creek and Woods Mountain, but, um, but I did find the original home site of my great, great, great grandfather. And I found the original home site of my great, great grandparents when they moved out. And then also the original home site of my great grandparents when they first moved out and got married. So um, the whole the whole mountain was just basically my family, my kin, and they were forced to use what's around them. They were forced to 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 learn, you know, from the natives. I, I do have Native American descent as well. Both both sides of my family, my great 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 grandmothers were um, full blooded Native American. So they they learned from the natives and what they brought with them from you know Scotland and Ireland. They they learned how to treat with herbs with um, remedies with massage with just anything they could to get relief um my great-grandmother when i was growing up she um i was under her skirts a lot i i, I stayed with her a lot she kept you me when your I was great grandmother baby. your grandmother's yes my oh, great-grandmother yeah. yeah 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 um i actually my great-grandparents didn't start passing away until i was well in my 20s wow, so I, that herbal yeah. healing stuff must work <laughs> i guess <laughs> i guess um, but she uh, she always took us grandkids out with her, if she, you know, if we were over at her house and she was going out to pick like um, spice wood or mullen or plantain or, you know, tea berry or lion's tongue, whatever she was getting. We were usually there. And um, anytime we ever had a problem, any anybody like earaches or cough or upset stomach or, you know, whatever um, we called nanny. And, you know, she would either say, you need to do this. You need to come and get this to take it. Or I need to see you. You need to come by. Um, so, you know, it, it was her and then my aunts and, and my uncles, too, actually, um, her children. They were all very well versed in some natural remedies to help with whatever they're doing, with whatever that ailed them at that time. OK. Were you um, did you, do you remember any like particular childhood experience of being sick and then and then boom, getting the treatment? Sure. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, bee stings, for one, that was a pretty common ailment. And so my great grandmother, she dipped snuff. That was yes. one of the things, like, you know, I mean, honestly. So, like, she would use that. And it was gaping of yesteryear. Oh, right. Uh, and it was disgusting. I'm not going to lie. It was, it, was, it was disgusting. But it worked. You know, it, it really worked. And um, so, so explain to the listener what she would do with the snuff. And, and for those that don't know, tell them what snuff is. Okay, so snuff is like a dippable, chewable tobacco, basically. Um, and Nanny always kept a, a chew or a chaw of it in, in her lip. And if you get bee stung, she would basically just spit some out and rub it on your bee sting. 
And believe it or not, the nicotine in it was what was taking the sting away from the bee, but um, it was horribly disgusting, um, but it worked. So <laughs> we just, we just went, it's kind of like when your mom like licks her thumb and then tries to wipe your forehead. <laughs> it wasn't a good feeling, um, but it worked and it, you know, it relieved the pain. So, I mean, we went with it. Yeah. I grew up in like BFE, North Carolina and you checked before you kissed a boy in, uh, in high school. Yeah. Yeah, to make sure you weren't related or what? No, to make sure no. he wasn't packing. Oh, yeah, that packing a hog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all having a very, very exclusively female Southern moment right now. Okay, like to the listeners in other countries, we love you guys, but you just don't understand. This is like a real, this is a real yeah. southeastern United States female dilemma. <laughs> it is indeed. Yep. Check first. So did anybody, so back then in great grandma era, it was like common, right? Like it was, you were not, nobody thought anybody's family was counterculture for using natural remedies like they kind of do now. No, um, it was because we were so isolated here. Um, you know, even now, even now where I grew up in North Cove, you are 20 minutes from any kind of store, even still. So you can imagine back then with horse and carriage or just walking, there were there were no doctors. There were no um, even in my great grandparents time, you know, back in the early 1900s, 1920s, um, there still wasn't much in this area as far as like you just go to the store and get some meat or some chicken or whatever. They had to do it all themselves. Yeah. Like it. it so it was very common in this area back in that day to um, to just do for yourself. To, 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 to be your own doctor, basically, which is basically where the mountain Appalachian healers come from. We we're just a descendant line of all of these women who used what was around them to fix their families and the community. So all of your family continued to do this, like through the generations, like nobody ever was like, forget it. It's aspirin yeah. from here on out. Like, <laughs> well, um, when nanny passed away, a lot of it kind of died with her. Um, but now my grandparents and my grandfather's sisters, they all still practice, you know, here and there natural remedies. Um, I think I just picked it back up because it was something that was already in me. It was already there. It was already a calling. It's, it's already my purpose. So it's been very easy for me to learn it or would I say remember it, I guess. Mm. Was there ever any negative intersection between that and local religion or your personal religion? No, not really, because believe it or not, most that's actually where the term Appalachian granny witch comes from. Okay. So it's like they would, my, my family, especially now me personally, I, I'm, I do not follow the Christian faith. I, I am actually non-religious um, spiritual. Yes. Religious. No. Um, but my whole family was raised Southern Baptist. I mean, they, you know, from, my great great grandparents down um and most of my family now is still very christian um but they would they would use different things from the bible even like the book of psalms like to take out burns to take out fire you know talk out fire i know you've probably heard of that i want to talk about that put a pin in that (laughs) all right put a pin in that um buying warts was another one that was very Mm -hmm. common in this area um, and, and it was just something that they did in, in the Lord's name. Basically, it was a gift that was given to them through the Lord. And you were never supposed to say thank you um, because that was it was the Lord's work. 
basically. So um, Christianity and believe it or not, witchcraft is, is very intricate in this area. It, it goes hand in hand. Well, then a lot of it is, I, I mean, it, it does what it does for a reason. Um, I mean, you can go online and buy, you know, shepherd's purse in pill form for menstrual problems, or you can, uh, I think a lot of the things that people have, they've come full circle now and there's, yeah, yeah it's, scientifically justified yeah. why there's a, suddenly all of this elderberry syrup everywhere. <laughs> it's elderberry season right now it, it is it is it's actually a little past here um the collection of elderberries was about two or three weeks ago if you can get them before the deer do mm -hmm. all right were you so the one thing in my family that i think is survived because we did give, give up and switch to aspirin um my mom's people are from western virginia and i'm like a second generation indoor pooper so i'm really excited to talk to you <laughs> about all this obsession with onions they were oh. uh, this is that the so granny onions. Best friend and Literally. nobody's nobody's like making tinctures anymore or anything, but the onion thing does persist. It, it does. And it's because it works. It, it really does work. Um, Tell me about the onion thing. What are you talking about? Okay. Well, they're, so, full of, they're antimicrobial. It's real. Yeah. yeah it's, it's about really rubbing them on things? Because I know people used to rub them on warts and stuff. You could. Kinds you of things. could. Um, and they were readily available. They were something that just grew easily you know you had onions in the garden year round almost because they're so hardy and like my great grandmother she would slice an onion in half and set it by the bedside if you were sick because it literally cleansed the air it would pull the bacteria out of the air um i personally use it with um honey and garlic and i make a cough syrup out of it yeah, and mom it, does will just, that. it will knock it out so you know i mean it but they knocks really out your will to live <laughs> it is kind of nasty. It it it's it, not gonna lie. It's kind of gross, but it works. So I uh, kind of like the snuff thing. It works, but it's disgusting. So Tape what's talking fire? Oh, so talking out the fire. So I personally, um, I can do the reiki with my hands. So like I can I can pull pain with my hands, um, and I don't know if that's necessarily the same thing because. Because I was never. Guys, if you guys don't know what Reiki is, it's a it's a form of energy healing. So it's a non it's a non confrontational. <laughs> what is it? Because you, you don't I have this hand. theory that Reiki was invented on the spot because a sweaty man wanted a massage, right? And the lady's like, <laughs> "No, we're gonna do this. Like, watch watch my hands." They're yeah, awesome. I love it. Actually. <laughs> Because I was a massage therapist a million years ago. We had to take a course in Reiki. I'm not anything with it. Like, I'm just a little bit familiar with it. I've had it done. It was really intense, believe it or not. It is. It, is. it, it really is moving energy like that. It, it can get it can get rather intense. And I, I think that's kind of what they would use on, on the premise of talking out the fire. Because basically, you talk the fire out of a burn. Like, you recite. I forget which. I want to say it's Psalms. But you... Um, you recite a certain verse and you talk it out and you like fire be gone. And then at the end of it all, like, boom, the, the pain's gone, you know, um, we did it a little bit differently. Um, but it was a, a woman couldn't tell another woman. I have heard that. Yeah. You can't yeah. And it has to go. Um, it has to like go from grandmother to, um, son or grandmother to grandson and it can go from grandmother I think to granddaughter but the daughter has to I forget how that works the daughter has to come into it somehow there has but to be an intermediary so she told my grandmother could do it and she told my grandpa and my grandpa told me 
Right. There you go. I think that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. What are they doing? Just doing the Bible verse and this hand motion over your burn? Um, learning, teaching. It's, it's, it's uh, um, the ways that were back in the old days, they weren't passed along anything but verbally. Yeah. But I mean, like when you say talking, would you say talking out hmm. the fire? Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically moving your hands over it and you're reciting the specific verse or the specific words. And you're basically just, in my opinion, just moving the energy out. And Jenna, you said that it couldn't be woman to woman. It had to be right. The other. I, I don't know what. Yeah. For they to they. Yeah. They to they. Um, or it would lose its potency. Something. Yeah. But she, there was done? one for fire and there was one for bleeding. Yep, there's. Oh, I've heard something about. Me. I've heard. I actually have heard about that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. that one I think is in Psalms as well. Actually, Nikki, you should write a book. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Who has time for that, girl? Between the cats and the homeschool and the business of my husband, I yeah, no book. <laughs> I mean, put the husband down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He'll be fine. So I need to loop this back around because I go off on a tangent here. So we've got 10 cats. They need a cat food. Yeah. You need, like, specific cat food. And you're like, I know folk healing. Yeah. So yeah. Did you start out with one thing and try to market it? I started with like sugar scrubs and lip balms and a healing salve. So more cosmetic in the beginning. Sort of, because they were just easier to make. And I guess I was just kind of dipping my toes in the water. And then I was into like medicinal. It, it, it grew very quickly. Okay. And that's fantastic that it grew very quickly. It, it did. <laughs> what was your first real medicinal situation that you were producing? So I had a really good friend of mine. Um, and when I say really good friend of mine, her dad and my dad went to elementary school together. Okay. So like when she and we're only like six months apart in age. So we pretty well grew up together. Um, she's more family than anything. And she had a son at the time he was nine. Her son was nine years old and he had eczema super, super bad, like to the point where he was getting picked on at school. And like it was all over his arms and his face and his chest. And um, she calls me up and she's like, hey, do you have anything for eczema? And I'm like, no, but I can go research and see if I can find something that will, you know, that will work. And so I spent the afternoon in what was then my apothecary, which was the, the back room of a 32 foot camper. Um, that's that's where I started. Like, um, it's like a natural breaking bad. Yeah, yeah, just started in a camper. You know how all good stories start in a camper. Come on. You know? <laughs> God, I believe you. <laughs> so uh, I, I called her up and I'm like, hey, I think I've got something here. Um, come try it. Just, you know, and she's like, well, how much do I owe you? And I'm like, you don't owe me anything. I want to see that it works first. You know, like I don't, I, I can't charge you unless, you know, I, I, I can't do that in, in, in my faith. I can't like, you're going to have to tell me that it works. Did you develop this based on your knowledge of growing up or did you have to do any research or like, how did you, how did you formulate this first one? So I did do some research. Um, basically it was, it was two different kinds of research. This, the first research was how to get it into like a whipped cream. Oh, okay. Yeah, to say all of that, yeah. And then the second part of that was, okay, what herbs really work well with eczema? Right. So then I started infusing those herbs that work well with eczema, um, into different like extra virgin olive oil or something that's not going to flare up an eczema attack. Um, and then I used those oils and I put it all together and then I made like a whipped cream and it really worked well. It really did. Um, he, within a week, he was clear. Um, he wasn't getting picked on at school anymore. 
And then it just kind of went from there. And I've, I've had so many people ask me about it now. I actually just posted it. I just finished the batch yesterday morning and, and posted it because I hadn't had it on the shelves in a while. But um, it was just one of those things where it, it worked so well the first time around. It kind of surprised me. <laughs> but that was the first real like medicinal case that someone had come to me and said, hey, I need help. And I'm like, OK, let's let's fix it, you know. It's kind of a boring legal question, but is do you have to take any steps or word things in any specific way so that you can do what you do without FDA? Yeah, oh, oh, getting yeah. Um, so when I when I market my eggs and my cream, if you have photos and testimonials, you are allowed to use those as proof. However, you can't say like this treats eczema. You have to say this cream helps. Yeah. Well, you can't even say relief. You can't say that it provides relief, cures, or uh, uh, diagnoses any kind of illness or anything, like any any condition. So what you say is this cream helps with the symptoms associated with eczema. I know a lot of essential oil gals, and they use the verbiage support. This yes. may help support. <laughs> yes. In yes. Yes. Yeah, because because those chicks have to really circumvent the FDA. You do. You really do. Yeah. You got to be careful. And meanwhile, vitamins totally unregulated. <laughs> you can just I know. crazy. I I'll never understand it. I will never understand it. Mm -hmm. So Nikki's Nourished by Nature was born. Yep. All right. So then what is that still your most popular product? Um, no, I don't think that was the most popular. I think the most popular is probably the if it itches stick, which is a completely um, <laughs> original. I know. Right. Listen, Please slow down Nikki Chester and say the name of you that say if it itches. I did. I did. Okay. It's called if it itches. I am not original. Um, I, I don't That's like serious. to put salt into things, you know, like, <laughs> obviously. Um, so basically I was trying to come up with a name for this miracle salve that I created and, um, I, I was coming up with a loss and I was like, you know what? If it itches, you need this salve. External That's use only. Yes. External use only. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Well, no, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take that back. You probably could use it in other places now that I think about it. But I mean, that's on y'all. That's, that's our listeners. Email. <laughs> <laughs> that <ain't laughs> emails. Well, that's fantastic. So you, you said earlier that you are, you know, you don't practice Christianity, which is fine with because it's you, that's fine. Do you run into any issues with that in your local area? Like, do you, cause we've talked to other people in the world who have been discriminated against because of their actions, their beliefs. And Oh yeah. Um, well, has that been for you? It's actually, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised because most people have been extremely accepting. Do you think it's um, because your family's been there since the dawn of like time? Well, maybe. And I honestly think it's just, and, and I'm not even trying to toot my own horn, but it's, I'm a genuine person. Like what you see is what you get. And, and so people, they see that they recognize that. And I think that kind of helps them not hold it against me. Some, I mean, now I will get the ever so often, well, where do you go to church? You should come to church with us. You know, like I, I do get that from time to time. And then I'm just like, no, that's okay. You know, I, I practice my own beliefs. I, I have my own church. Thank you. You know, and, and you just kind of go on about it. You don't make a big fuss about it. You just kind of, you know, but we're not so bad here as like, I would say probably more into Virginia, West Virginia, maybe even Tennessee, where it's more like the belt buckle of the Bible belt. Um, <laughs> we are, we're still in the Bible belt. And of course you still get kind of side eyed when people find out that you do not practice Christianity or you do not believe in God, that that's kind of, 
you know, they're like, what? But I, I've, I've not really met any really hardcore resistance with that. Like I've, I've, people are pretty accepting of it. Have you met any resistance with the term witch, kitchen witch, granny magic, anything like that? Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't, I don't tend to use that term when describing people witch. around here. Um, I mean, I have used it in the past. I would say that, you know, I would, I do practice witchcraft and I do, I would say that, you know, people would consider me a witch, but I, I don't, I guess. I, I mean, you, I mean, you just sound like you, like, where's the magic? It sounds like healing. Like this is all like natural stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's fire talking stuff that, you know, yeah. Um, and it's, it's not just people though. It's, it's not just people like y'all don't understand. My friends call me snow white. My daddy has called me Ellie Mae since I was like born. Um, because it's, it's animals too. Like they find me. It's crazy how they just show up in my yard and I'm just like, oh, okay, you're sick here. Let me take care of you. You know, um, people, people do the same thing. Um, it's, it's, basically they just they just they want answers they want something natural and they'll they'll come ask me they're like hey you know do you have anything for such and such and i'm always happy you know to to oblige to do some research to try and help some folks out you know mm -hmm. it didn't used to be oppositional i i feel like there was a time not too long ago where those two ideas didn't seem like they were in conflict. Um, and I mean, as recently as my mother was very fundamentalist, my grandmother, her mom was folk magic light. And that always bothered my mom. There were, there were things about the, especially like when it got into the, the fire talking, like there was a real, like, it's a prayer. It's, you know, defensiveness around mm -hmm. it. Um, and it's just interesting to see those things work their way back into kind of, mainstream usage because now people yeah. like herbs and we feel like we've gone back it's like a um, personality trait anymore like a lot yeah. of like people don't there are people that i feel are not practicing it's just like a aesthetic you know what i mean yeah and you know I, touching on that um so in, in some of my groups because i am in a few groups online that i really adore on facebook um and it's a it's a really good community it's a really good resource community um not only for those of us I'm sorry. That's how I found you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There you go. You found me on there. Cause it's like, it's, that's just like my second family, you know, like I have so many friends and, and connections in that group. They're just amazing bunch of people. Um, but you know, like you get people from all walks and all paths and some are just learning and you know, it, it bothers me though, because like some people will say, well, they're just jumping on the witchcraft bandwagon. And I, I don't think that's true. I think, I think what's happening is there's, it's an awakening. It's a calling. It's, it's in you, you know, from, from the beginning, it's there, it lives in you. And I think that a lot of us are just starting to question it and starting to ask ourselves what, what's going on and, and starting to ask questions and learn about these things that maybe don't make sense to us now, but are beginning to, I, I really think that people are trying to do more research. It's just, it's just coming back. It's not a bandwagon. It's, it's a calling. It's a calling. And people feel like they're missing something. Yeah. People are searching. And I think that that's no. at least partially the explanation for why there are so many women running around with crystals in their bras now. Is, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like there's gotta be more than this. Yes. And, and there is actually, there, there really is. And um, it, it's just, it's amazing to me to see even, even now in my lifetime, like my friends who are around me enough to, to see that the way that I do things, the way that, that I bring about things, the way I manifest things, the way, 
things just happen for me. They make sense. They make sense. And they ask me questions. And, you know, like there's like so many of my friends, one in particular, she's on a journey now to, to, to finding her herself. And she leans pretty heavily on me for questions and advice because she doesn't understand any of it. You know, and, and it's basically that it's just questioning that that you don't understand, which is, I think, why there's such a stigma around it, because you tend to condemn the things that you don't understand. And then when you ask questions and they don't fit with your particular way of wanting to believe that um, it, it, it's confrontational. And so it makes you feel a little bit like you're being opposed or, you know, maybe like you're being questioned or judged. Um, but I, I do really feel like that it's just everybody's coming back around to it because it's already there. It's already in, it's already here. Just people need to listen. So with that being said, are your, are any of your elder relatives still around to see the success that you've had with your, you know, from your familial, you know, native plant Appalachia healing knowledge? Well, um, so I will say that my grandfather was a very huge part of my life. Um, he passed away in March of, of this year. And um, so I'm, I'm really sad that he didn't get a chance to see his mother's name in the, the article for the Smithsonian. Um, That's right, guys. She's in the Smithsonian, FYI. Yeah, FYI. I made it. Yay. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, but like my aunts, my aunt Irene, which is my grandfather's sister, and my aunt Margaret, which is his other sister. Um, they are just absolutely over the moon about this. Like they are just, they are so in love with the idea and they just love the article. They love the fact that their mother was mentioned and that, you know, it, it brought honor to our ancestors, to our way of life, to just, it just kind of brought about a whole new light and a whole new understanding of, of what we do and why. Stuff like that can sometimes, and I'm not saying you have this in your family at all, but sometimes things like that can kind of heal generational wounds too. Like oh, yeah. if there's anything that had ever happened to your grandmother that was negative in this connotation, like your success is like a cosmic rebalance, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do kind of feel like really my success is honestly just basically rooted in not giving up, not, oh, yeah. um, not letting go of those old ways and, and not, um, conforming. Right. That yes. Not conforming because, you know, you get a lot of people who look at these teas and these herbal remedies and these salves and they're like, yeah, right. You know, and have you tried it though? Have you tried it? Have you tried it from a true Appalachian source? That's the question. So do you practice anything? Like, do you do tarot? Do you, do you, are you heavy into crystals? Like you have any other? Oh, yes. Um, I probably <laughs> have more tarot decks than anybody reasonably needs. Okay. Like, I, I can't help myself. Um, pendulums too. I probably have six or seven of them. I only use like two. Why do I have so many? Because they're pretty, <laughs> you know, like because I like them. Um, I am also like clairaudient. So I, I do um, kind of hear, um, especially when, you know, like if, if I'm in a situation where I'm actually trying to connect with energies, like I get it. You know what I mean? Like I'm a, what Claire audience, Claire, what is it when they say you can move energy or sense energy? Cause that's like Claire is when you can move stuff. I don't know about sense. Claire transient where you can, I think it's clear. It might be Claire transient. My ex-boyfriend. He's Claire transient. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just the magic and the healing. Um, you know, I do, um, I have been known to do like prosperity spells for people. I've been known to do healing, healing spells. Um, 
you know, just the, just the, the everyday things, I guess. And then, yes, I do lay my crystals out under the moon and I make my moon water and I like to go out and meditate and things like that. So it's really having a resurgence. I'm telling you with this stuff, like, like when I was young, cause my family is from Mount Airy and we would come and visit them. It was very diehard Baptist, Southern Baptist, like you're talking about, but now it's, I really feel like North Carolina is up there leading the rest of the pack on this, this return to these ways. Oh yeah. I, and well, that's just because that this is where it's from. Like we're from, this is where it originated. We, it was born here. And so why wouldn't, why wouldn't, and I feel like there's something strange happening. That's almost political, but not quite. I don't, there's like a, as fear in institutions gets bigger and bigger, and for some reason that does seem to have like a right wing kind of fundy flavor to it. Are you doing that? that? Is this the Handmaiden's Tale? Like, is that like <laughs> maybe? I but there's a there's an I'm kind of fascinated to see what happens because as very very strict by the book Christianity gets more and more interested in elderberry syrup. I right. don't really know what the terminal point of that is, but something's happening. And uh, yeah, it's, it's coming. It's, it, I think honestly, with more people asking questions, more people interested in what they're doing and, and more people interested in, in natural healing, there will be plenty more questions raised and plenty more people that will end up con coming around. I really think that it's going to be something that people really want to invest in. Because I feel like what the Duggars and witches have in common at the center of that Venn diagram is like home birth. Oh, home birth. <laughs> so, um, I hate yeah, the Duggars. Why did you bring the Duggars into this? <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell you right now, home birth is not for me. I, I might have done the whole like, you know, naturals and pain relief and all that. But let me tell y'all, I was backing off the elevator for my epidural with my third kid. Okay. I'm like, no, we're, we're not. Just, just stick me here. Go ahead. Just do it. Um, I'm not even trying to, to go through that. My sister went through three boys, natural birth. And I'm like, you are a hell of a more woman than I am. Let me tell you. what. <laughs> no, so yeah. you're also a fan of modern medicine. Um, I do believe that modern medicine does have its place. Um, mm -hmm. I can't set broken bones. I, I can't do surgery. Um, but I will say that like my son, for instance, he ended up with um, mold poisoning. We had black mold mm -hmm. under our house several years ago. Yeah. And he and I both got very, very, very sick. Um, so I ended up going to six different doctors, I think. And none of them would assist me. None of them would um, listen to me when I was telling them, look, you know, it's it's mold poisoning. I need you to give him something that's going to take the fungus out of his body. And they wouldn't listen to me. So I ended up taking him home after he was sick for five and a half months. And I ended up taking him home and I put him on a no sugar diet. We got him a, um, a probiotic. It was like 3000 units per whatever. It's like the highest you could give a three-year-old toddler. Mm -hmm. um, we upped his alkaline levels because like even with it, cancer can't survive in a high alkaline environment. So we were raising his alkaline levels. We cut out sugars. So there was nothing that it, that, you know, the fungus or yeast could feed on. Um, and he was getting elderberry syrup. There it is again. He was getting elderberry syrup three or four times a day. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's a gateway to this kind of life. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't pick the elderberries. You will become an herbalist. Um, <laughs> um, so 
about two weeks after he was, he was sick for five and a half months and about two and a half, two weeks, two and a half weeks after I started treating him, um, he was better. He actually blew a polyp out of his nose when he sneezed. Oh. It, was, it was the craziest thing. Um, but n- we went to six different doctors, six different doctors, and none of them would listen. None of th- they kept saying he had asthma. And I kept trying to tell them, you can't diagnose a two year old with asthma. You can't. They're, the, the alveoli in their lungs are not they're not mature enough yet to be able to diagnose them for asthma. So it's something else. And I'm trying to tell you what it is. And you're not listening to me. So I, I basically, you what? You're just a woman. Yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah, who am I? I'm just a mom, you know, yeah. like I, I, it's just my kid. I don't know what's going on, you know? Yeah. So, your herbalist um, will never send you home and tell you to lose 15 pounds and see if it all goes. No, no absolutely not. Um, but he, he did get better after we told the specialist and everybody. I told everybody. I'm like, no, I'm doing this myself. I don't need you anymore, but thanks. Um, and he ended up getting better and I've not done that once or twice, but three times with, um, pretty decently severe. Um, like my, my stepson actually about three months ago had strep and we didn't go to the doctor. I I made him a tea. He was taking elderberry syrup and the infamous onion and garlic cough syrup, but he was better within a week, you know? I mean, and, and even he said, my stepson, he said, well, why do I need to go to the doctor when I have one here? You know? And, and so like, they just know. They just, they just know. They like the you know, they come and see me. They're like, mom. Eh, eh. And I'm like, nope, we ain't doing it. So, you know, it's funny. Cause I'll be making something on the stove for somebody that's sick. And one of the kids will come in and they're like, Oh, it smells great in here. Who's sick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> They just already know. <laughs> they know that smell. <laughs> so you're pretty well known around your area. It sounds like Sounds like yeah. you were already kind of a well-known practitioner of a healer appellation, but then Smithsonian Center for Folk Life and Cultural Heritage comes knocking. And how, was, how has your life been, and how did that come about? It's not every day where you're making tinctures and trying to make money for cat food. Smithsonian <laughs> yeah. shows up. So what? Tell yeah. us all about that. It's a great article, by the way. We're going to post it on our socials if you don't mind, so mm-hmm. other people. Can no, read. absolutely. Please do. I honestly. And, and I mean, I might be a little biased because yeah, I kind of was featured, um, but I really felt like Emma did such a good job with with encompassing all of this that's that's here in the Appalachians and all of the different types of culture and the way that we brought everything together. She just did an amazing job with that article. She she really did. Um, so I actually had and again in one of the groups that I'm on on Facebook. Um, I had posted some pictures of my 10 year vow renewal with a hand fasting ceremony. Oh yeah. And, um, and so Emma, she contacted me and was asking me some questions about, you know, Appalachian culture and things like that. And then she dropped the bomb and she was like, well, I'm writing an article. She didn't tell me at first that it was the Smithsonian. Like I didn't even know, I didn't even know. Like this is muscle. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like she was just like, oh, it's just an article. And, and, you know, I didn't realize that she was like major. Well, she has a degree in like museum history. She is commissioned by the Smithsonian as a journalist to do these articles for the Smithsonian. And she's like in candidacy for her master's in museum history or something. You know, I'm just like, I didn't even know that, that, you know, so she was just nice. Yeah. Well, she's so sweet, though. She really is. She's she's like the sweetest person. We talked for the longest time. Um, but she just kind of started asking questions and then she asked if she could use me as an interview. And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, why not? And then I found out that it was for the Smithsonian Folklife Festival. And I was like, um, holy cow, like that's big, you know, like that's, that's bigger than, than, than I ever even would have thought. And I, I still ask why me, 
you know, like why, why was it, what was, why, why me? Why, what drew you to ask me these questions and to feature me in this article? Like it could have been anybody, you know, but I, I don't know if it could have been anybody. I mean, Menda, how long did we look for somebody who knew about Granny we've been, we've been working on Appalachian Healing, a show for over a year. <laughs> like we've wow. We've gotten close. We talked to a lady. We talked to an amazing lady who practices hoodoo, which is similar, but not the same. But we have not found, we've not been able to find a reputable or someone who was willing to talk to us and be confident in their knowledge enough to speak with us for a long time. Oh. Well, I'm honored. Thank God. I found an exorcist to talk to us before we found an Appalachian. Those are a dime a dozen. Yeah. Yeah, you can find those anywhere. Those guys, I can just pick up like nothing. Those are my altar pickups, you know? Jared, but, if you're listening, I didn't mean that. Sorry, Jared. I love you. <laughs> Little joke. Check out that episode with Jared Heaven's Messenger. <laughs> But anyway, so the, so this gal, Emma, did a fan. She did a, she really did. You're, everything you're saying is true. The article is wonderful. How did your life change after the article was produced? Um, well, um, as my daddy said, I got a feather for my hat. So I'm walking around with a peacock feather, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's pretty cool. Um, business has picked up. Um, Good. definitely. Um, those cats I've are had a lot more. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, those cats are eating good. I'm telling you what. And obviously with the 10th one, we just added, he's tiny. He's like maybe nine or 10 weeks old now. And he eats a lot. So like, you know, it's, it's good that business is picked up because, you know, they're still fat and happy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, um, I actually just sent out, I have over 80 herbs in my apothecary and I do like dollar herb packets okay. and I actually so that just, means you know, people can order those from you. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So it's like a dollar a packet. The packets are about like, you know, not like that. Um, they're a dollar each. And I just sent out an order for 84 of those today because, you know, she had saw me in the article and, and figured she'd check it out. And it, that happens daily now. It's just, it's crazy. So do you forge for your stuff? Do you grow your stuff? Like how do you, where do you source your materials from? All right. So for the salves for like the exit cream, the, if it itches, the pet salve, all of that, I do actually, I know, right. It's great. If it itches, you need it. If it itches, this'll, this'll fix it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super original guys, super original. Um, as a matter of fact, my, my cat's named Ocho, my, my cat, like I have 10, but good. this one, this yeah. like because of the Spanish. Okay. Yeah. No, he was the eighth cat to show up. <laughs> I'm telling y'all I'm original. I'm original. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to know what your kids are named. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, definitely not numbered. Um, we did put some thought into that, you know, figured that would probably hang around for a while. So they probably needed something they weren't going to get made fun of for, but, um, but yeah, I, I've lost my tangent. Where were we? We were, we were somewhere describing saying for the sets, You're describing like you source them. Do you grow them? Oh, do yeah, you forge yeah. them? Okay, so for the salves and like the things like I do forage for the salves, I do go out and pick like the plantain, the jewelweed, the calendula. Um, I do go and gather like the hemlock spruce and all of that. And I'll infuse those into oils and then use those oils in the salves. Now for my tea blends, y'all, I cannot forage enough chamomile to keep up there. It just it just wouldn't work. So for my tea blends, I um, order all of my herbs from HerbCo which okay. is out of California. Um, they were formerly Monterey. Nope, not Monterey Bay Spice Company. That's who they merged with. They were formerly Amera Herb. And they ended up merging with Monterey Spice Company and formed Herb Co. So I'm, I just go through them wholesale for all of my 
tea herbs and the rest I, I go gather. That's cool. That's very cool. I lost my train of thought too. I like a great question. No, come on. <laughs> so I was thinking, I was like, I know that company. So yeah. <sighs> rescue me, Jenna. I can't remember what I was going to say. I totally <laughs> like the I thing that it. I'm sitting on is completely unrelated. I don't want to take us away from, from this train of thought, but I will. My train has left the station. Go take, take the reins. Take the reins of the train. So one of the biggest things that I have been looking for somebody to talk to it about, because I can't find anybody that knows what I'm talking about, um, dream interpretations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at Nikki. She's like, whatever. That's small potatoes. Do you have that big, long list of if you see this, it means this? Is, is that like um, alive and well where you are? It, it is actually. There is a lot of dream interpretation that goes on around here. Um, I'm not great at it for other people, but for myself, because it's a personal thing. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've, oh, since I was a kid, actually, um, dreams have been a really big part of my intuition and my guidance. Um, I, I, talk to, to loved ones in my dreams. Um, I, I get heads up of, of events that are coming in my, I've even dreamed of cats that are going to show up. I'm not kidding. My daughter does the same thing. No joke. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that's alive and well here for sure. I remember it being almost like a symbol language, like fish were pregnancy yes. and yes. death yeah. and yeah, and like uh, dreaming of snakes means that someone is going to be born. I think because it wasn't even um, it wasn't snakes are not necessarily evil as far as no. I pretty know. snakes are penises. I th- that's <laughs> well, usually um, penises do turn out to be snakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you might be right. You might be right. Yeah, it was like snakes were weirdly phallic. It was like a sexy time thing. A little on the nose, don't you think? It's all kind of on the nose, except for the fish and pregnancy thing. That one never made a ton of sense to me. No, I don't understand that one either. But I do know that like the fish was a sign of fertility. Um mm-hmm. like because there's a plenty, you know, there's fish aplenty. So it was a sign of, of fertility. Um but then again we also like around this region and in these mountains, um a lot of Native American comes through and there were fertility stones for that. Mm. Has your grandmother ever visited you in a dream after all this started? Have you ever got any messages about um, like their, how proud they are of you? Well, now my great grandmother, um, I haven't dreamed about her in a really long time, but now my grandfather, because he just recently passed, um, he has actually came back um, as three separate times since he's passed away. He has came back. And the last time he came back, he actually did in fact tell me he was proud of me. Oh, I knew that that was real. That had to have been real. I woke up crying. I woke up crying because I felt his hug in my dream, you know? So, um, Mm. but you know, it's not the first time that that's ever happened, but it probably is more memorable because I do, I miss him a lot. I really do. Um, but I know that if he could have been here to have saw this article or just, I mean, he was so proud of my little apothecary in my building because I just purchased myself a a building last year. We need to talk about that. It's amazing. Do it. Um, so, but he was so proud of my little building. He was so proud of everything I was doing. And he was just so proud of like bringing the, the, the heritage and the ancestry back. And so I know he's still proud. I know that, you know, if, if he were here today, he would just be squealing with joy. But, um, but, you know, again, the rest of the family, they're all just over the moon about it. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool though. Tell us about your little building. Oh gosh. Okay. So I told you that I started in the back Breaking room. Bad. Yes. The camper. Yeah. yeah in the camper. Um, 
And it was just, it was tight quarters. And, and my business was growing within the first couple of years. I was doing more vendor events. I was doing more shows. I got started with farmer's market and I, I just needed more space. So then it, it kind of spilled over into the house, like into the kitchen. And then the living room was like my office area. And that really wasn't working. It, it wasn't practical. Um, I, I, I would be going back and forth from the camper to the kitchen to the camper because I can't find something and it's down in the camper, but I don't realize it. And I'm, I'm making multi, it was just dumb. It was just dumb. It does not sound so, very efficient. No, it, it really wasn't. And, and so I figured, okay, it, it's time to do some manifestation. Funny story about this though. So my husband, I told him for like three weeks before I found this building, I told him, I said, I'm going to find a building that's got a really good price as a repo. And that's what we're doing. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk on a lot. I, oh, and speaking of dreams, I actually dreamed twice that I walked on this lot and found a building. Right. And I'm like, okay. So I picked the place that I wanted to go. My husband tells me the, the, the morning we left, he was like, I don't, I don't think you understand that the, the price of lumber is so high right now that you're not going to find a building that you want within your price range. And I'm like, Babe, I don't I don't think you understand that my powers of manif manifestation have squat to do with the price of lumber. You know, like I, I don't look at it that way. It's just I'm feeling that I'm going to start telling people that. Yeah. I mean, you know, like yeah. it just it, it, that's the way I felt about it. I just knew that's what was going to happen, you know. And so we went to one place. Um, I went down 74 into Shelby. We went to one place. We walked on the lot. We started to look at the newer buildings, which were like $9,100 for like a, a 10 by 14 was insane. And then we walk up to the repo side and there is a 12 by 40. Okay. 12 by 40 mini home sitting there on the repo lot and get this. It was repoed because it had been trying to be brought back to that lot for two years. The woman that bought it actually purchased it before COVID hit. She only paid one payment and didn't pay anything else and they couldn't get it back from her during COVID. So it actually got repoed after like the restrictions and stuff were, were released and they only wanted $7,600 for this 12 oh, by 40. Haunted? What was going on with no. it? Unfortunately, it did not come with any resident ghosts. I would have been super okay with that. Um, but no, it, um, it, it ended up just being because the lumber wasn't as, as expensive as it was you know, during COVID. And since this was a pre COVID built building, um, they just basically went off the price that it was before COVID. So um, I think I financed altogether like $8,200. I put $4,000 down. So um, my husband, of course, he's telling that we're talking to the salesman, right? And he tells the salesman, he's like, you're making me eat crow. Because like, you know, he just, he couldn't believe it that I ended up getting a building, you know, for stupid cheap. And then the salesman himself, he was like, oh, man, like we had already done the paperwork and everything. And he was like, oh, man, there was a guy yesterday that came by and he didn't have a price for the building at that time. It was a guy the day before that came by and said, um, you know, call me if you get the price to this building. I'm interested in it. And he's like, and I completely forgot to call him. And I said, that was all part of my plan. And Your the powers guy of manifestation have yes, squat to do yes. with the price of lumber. Precisely. So that, so the, that's going to be the name that. of this episode, just so you guys know. <laughs> so, yeah, I told the salesman that, you know, it was part of my plan. You know what he tells me? That's not the first time I've been hoodooed by a woman. Well, and I'm like, um, well, underestimate the hoodoo, buddy. That's what I told him. I was like, maybe you should read up. <laughs> you know? like, that's not the first, first time. First time's a mistake. Second and beyond is on you, pal. Yeah, that's on you. So, um, but yeah, it, it worked out just like it should have. 
Um, so I got my 12 by 40 mini home. We completely remodeled it into my full working apothecary space. So now I have 40 feet of, of area that I can just toss herbs around and nobody gets mad at me for not having the kitchen table cleaned off. It, it's great. <laughs> I have kind of a weird question because that's my thing. So is there any Appalachian healing or Appalachian granny magic that is not spoken of? Like, like, like Mason type secrets. Like, is there not stuff out there that people that's less common knowledge than per se the chamomile and the onion, honey, garlic delightfulness? Well, I wouldn't say much in my family because we were pretty open about sharing the remedies and things, but there are some families here in this area that really you don't you it's not taught outside of the family like they they have their own way of doing yeah. things they have their own yeah. remedies and and there's just it just it isn't taught outside of of their own matriarchal group okay. um but not not so much with mine really although um i guess there are things that we may do differently but i, I don't think there's anything that's really not spoken of okay i didn't you know you never know because historically men have a lot of secret magic <laughs> Well, historically, yeah, until it's too late. It's I wouldn't good. call it magic. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call it magic. That's what they call it. No, I think that's just they happen to be there at the right time. I, th I think oh, when you write history, you can call things what you want to call them. That's true. That's very true. Do you teach? Um, not in a public setting, but now I do offer. Um, like during the, especially during the spring and summer when they're a lot more popular, I do um make and take tea parties because I do herbal teas. Yeah. So um, we learn about like the ten herbs that are in your yard or plants that are in your yard that are considered weeds, but like you can eat them or you can use them for medicine or you know they're beneficial. Um, we do um like I'll we'll make bug spray. We'll show you how to make. Oh, I have an elderberry syrup class. <laughs> yeah like I, well I, I actually do have my own elderberry syrup kits y'all okay because let's face it you know um but really the only the whole reason that came about was because i almost had a freaking heart attack when i walked into the, the drugstore and it was like 34 dollars for a freaking bottle of elderberry yeah. that is dumb y'all it, does, it does not cost that much to make elderberry syrup that is stupid that is people capitalizing on the whole thing and that's just dumb I sell my elderberry syrup kits for $6 each. You add water and honey and you got almost a pot dart. You know, I mean, it's yeah. Um, but we I do classes on how to do that. Um, we do classes on tea workshops on what herbs are for what, what herbs do what, you know, what teas to make for what. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do a little bit of teaching, I guess you could say. So with the exception of your son that you healed when they, when they misdiagnosed him with asthma and the exception of the little boy that you kind of started this for the eczema situation, what has been your most dramatic result from any of your products with a, with a real person? Okay. So, um, not on a human, um, but on a cat. Um, so I have a friend of mine who lives in California and her mother had this cat who had just this horrible looking place on its nose. And if you know anything about cats and cancer, um, that's one of the most common places for them to get cancer. And um, they had taken it to the vet and it just, you know, they, they didn't really know what was going on. Um, it, it was really red, really angry, really inflamed, um, no fur, just swollen. It looked terrible. The poor cat looked like it was just suffering. And I explained to her that because I make my own um, pet CBD oil, I actually get oh. my hint from a, a, a local source here in town. He's um, the only one in McDowell County who is federally certified to grow hemp. 
So I get my flour from him and I make my CBD oil from that. And I told her, I said, um, look, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I followed this rat. Okay. This rat on Facebook who had a tumor, a cancerous tumor on his head and they were applying CBD oil to his head and the tumor shrank. And so I, I told her, I was like, I, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, I I'm, I've never done this before, but we should try it. You know, like I will donate the CBD oil if you'll just try it. And within a month, this cat's fur was growing back. It, the, the, the angriness was gone. The swelling was gone. Um, the wounds were gone. And I mean, y'all, y'all don't even know how happy that makes my heart. Like that makes my heart smile so big to know that it, that it worked, that it helped. And so that was probably one of my biggest achievements that and getting the dog, <laughs> the dog off of Prozac. Yeah. That, that was well, a joke. I had a pet on Prozac once and it's yeah. not, and mine was no. a cat and it was just super not a great time. Yeah, no, um, this was the same way with a dog. It was a pit bull and she had super severe separation anxiety um, to the point where she was chewing up everything in the house when the owners left her. So um, he came to me and was asking me some questions about CBD. We did a consultation in the apothecary and he ended up ordering a bottle. He took it home and now, at, well, he, he kind of, he had to wean the dog down from Prozac and then up the CBD, if that makes sense. So I yeah. was, I was working with him throughout this whole, like three weeks to a month. And after two full months, the dog is now on nothing but CBD oil and completely off the Prozac. So that's like really, really awesome. That just, that makes me happy too. <laughs> Probably less, I mean, it would be zero side effects too, because the Prozac right. did not treat my cat well. Well, I mean, you know, with CBD, you cannot overdose on CBD. You can't do it. You're going to get really sleepy and you're going to go to sleep, but you can't overdose a dog on CBD. You just so it, do you do you routinely make products for animals along with your regular line in the apothecary? I do, actually. Um, so I have a lot of cats. I know y'all under yeah, 10. There's a lot of them. Um, and that can be so to jealous me. of that, by the way. He's well, super jealous. Just come visit anytime. I'll let you love on them. They're, they're super lovey. All of them are. So yeah, anytime. Um, but yeah, they, um, you know, it gets expensive sometimes when you have that many cats and you have vet bills for everybody. Um, so I do make teas. Well, more like decoctions really, because they're stronger than teas. They're, they're, you know, you, you let it boil down a little further than that, but um, kind of like a concentrate. Um, so I, but I've made teas for urinary tract infections. I've made teas for um, sinus infections. I've made teas for mouth infections. I've, I mean, you name it, really. Um, I do treat the cats that way. So if somebody wanted to visit Nikki's Nourished by Nature and, and they, they live in Washington State, like how would they find you? How would they get your product? So right now, my only platform is Facebook. So okay. um, Nikki's Nourished by Nature on Facebook. However, my email address is Nikki's Nourished by Nature at gmail.com. And I do take orders from all over there too. All right. And we will post that. So everybody that's listening, if they want to get up with you. Okay, and great. also, guys, if you have any questions for Nikki, email us at deadgirlstalking to you. It's the number two and the letter U at gmail.com. And we would be totally glad to pass those on to Nikki. And we could probably do a follow up with her if you're interested. We've loved talking to you. Yeah, I would love to. This has been fun. It's been a whole lot of fun. It's been great. We're fun. We're quirky. It makes me so happy that you were keeping this alive and that this mm -hmm. isn't all just like something I dreamed. It's it's nice to <laughs> be able No, to this is real. She's been asking every potential person that we talk to these questions oh that she, you answered. For, no, for real. Like yeah. The questions that you answered tonight. 
This has been a couple of years in progress trying to flesh this out. Well, I'm so happy I could help. That's so great. Nikki, thank you so much for talking to us. Guys, follow us anywhere. We are on your Instagram. We are on your Facebook. We are Dead Girls Talking Podcast. And if you want to reach out to us again, our email address is you. The number two and the letter U at gmail.com. And we and we're also everywhere. We're streaming everywhere. We're Apple, we're Spotify, we're iHeartRadio. You want us? We are so available. Once again, I'm Minda. And I am Jenna. And thank you so much, Nikki, for coming on the air with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>